one very essential part that I think is not being talked or addressed enough in the startup world is the, the fact that you have to fail. Because um, a creation of failure, uh, only a creation of failure, allows you to, to operate in, in a very fast pace, mm -hmm. in a very fast speed. If you're cautious and if you are afraid of making mistakes, then you might be acting too slow. Mm -hmm. And you might be, you might not opt into an innovation or an edge case, uh -huh. where um, where maybe the upside is huge, but there's some risk attached, and that creation or culture of of failure is quite quite important to create a passion and to create create drive within your organization. Project A Podcast. Hi, welcome to the Project A Podcast. I'm Rainer, Managing Director of Project A, and today I have the honor of welcoming Simon Dotzer, who is Director, People, Operations and Data at Spryker. Spryker is a really outstanding company in our portfolio, so I'm very happy to have you here. Can you please shortly introduce yourself, explain what Spryker is doing and what exactly your role is? Sure. First of all, thank you very much for having me. Happy to be here. And I'm also very excited uh, to talk about the conference that is coming up in September. Happy to, to join the stage with you and Steffen. Mm -hmm. um, what am I doing at Spryker? What Spryker is doing? Uh, in a nutshell, Spryker is a commerce operating system providing um, very innovative and, um, and future-driven opportunities to sell products for our customers, both in the B2B and B2C space. And currently we're with customers globally, um, mostly focusing on uh, the Dach market, the Dach region, but we're at the moment expanding to the Netherlands and the Nordics so quite quite interesting journeys ahead. So a lot of growth also. Quite some challenges in building up that organization, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, exactly. And that's basically my, my role, uh, supporting Boris and Alex, our two CEOs, in driving that company growth and um, expanding Spryker as a company. And um, the three main, main aspects I'm responsible for are people, so the entire HR team, including recruiting, retention management, operations, so office management, as well as system administration, and BI, so creating so data insights and yeah. analysis in our growth and uh, our organization as well. So I know that you call Spryker the, 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 the OS for commerce, I think mm -hmm. that that's, that's that's understandable to, to make it even more simple. Could you say it's something like um, a, a very sophisticated um, e-commerce solution for those for whom Shopify and Magento are not enough anymore, or does is, is that really wrong? I think you could state it in that way, because what we're doing is providing customers with a way where you have high customization um, in, in the commerce solutions that's 
typically the case for, for the B2B space mm -hmm. where you're selling very complex products or you're selling products in a very complex way, um, maybe internally within that company or um, a B2B or a B2B2C case, um, this is where, where, our, where our strengths are mm -hmm. and this is um, where we are operating independent of the front end the customers are using. So can imagine it's in like selling via Alexa or in an online shop or uh, in, an, in an IoT case. Mm -hmm. And this is super relevant for, for a lot of B2B companies we're working with. Uh -huh. And this will become more relevant um, in the B2C world as well. Okay, that's interesting because that really is more the function of an operating system in that space. Really nice. Um, standard question in this podcast. Is there a moment or mentor that made you work in the startup world? Uh, that's a tough one. I had a lot of mentors uh, throughout all the, the jobs I've been in. And I had the honor of working with very, very interesting and, and smart people. Um, my background is in, in a corporate, so I worked for Audi and Volkswagen. And all my bosses throughout these years um, have been very inspiring personalities because all of them were had an entrepreneurial mindset. They were able to analyze and quickly, quickly adapt and implement changes. And they were striving for change even working in a big corporation. And the space, the startup space, the startup ecosystem has quite a couple of characters striving for change and willing to, willing to make an impact and willing to, to make a difference. And that's basically why I start, uh, started to work in, in the startup. Um, and this is, this is why I decided to join the, to join the startup world. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, on the 27th of September, Project A will host the Project A Knowledge Conference. I hope everybody knows that by now. And the two of us uh, will hold a workshop about building successful organizations. Um, to start, what are, in your opinion, the main building blocks for an organization that performs really well? I guess there's no standard solution for an organization to perform really, really well. However, we will give some answers and some best practices. I'm really looking forward to that. If you want to break it down, there are, to me, there are four main blocks to an organization that you, that you have to cover and that you have in mind. The first one is the entire part of strategy and vision. Mm -hmm. So coming up, coming up with a long-term and mid-term and a short-term vision it's quite essential, so that's basically the why um, of, of an organization, of a startup. Then you have the organization itself, that's the, the what, so uh, how, to, how to organize your organization, how to steer it. The third part is culture, that's really people-driven, all focusing on the how to operate things. Mm -hmm. And then there is a fourth pillar, which is quite essential uh, in today's world, which is data. Because 
setting up those systems and setting up a vision is quite nice but if you don't track it regularly if you don't uh, measure it against against your actual performance then it's pretty worthless and this is what I, what I consider or what what I consider the the most important fields to look at if you're talking about organizational growth mm-hmm. if you're talking about how to set up a successful and performing company mm-hmm. okay so strategy organization culture data um, can you say a little bit more about culture what type of culture gives a company a chance to succeed Well, culture is mostly driven by the people and the mindset. What do I mean by that? Well, hiring the right people is one of the most essential pillars in, in your overall strategy in, in order to, to get a great culture. And for us at Spryker, this means that we are super picky mm-hmm. about hiring people from a lot of our customers, but also our partners and other ventures, we know that their conversion rates from, from a CV to an offer are between 10 to 15, sometimes even 20%. Whereas we are looking at a very low single digit number. So uh, in for some positions, it's only 1% of the CVs that get an offer. Uh, sometimes it's two, sometimes it's three maximum 5% of the people that we are interviewing actually getting an offer. But it also means developing those people and giving them an opportunity to grow, giving them the, the, the right tool set at hand in order to operate independently, to come up with innovations. Mm-hmm. And one very essential part that I think is not being talked or addressed enough in the startup world is the, the fact that you have to fail mm-hmm. because um, a creation of failure uh, only a creation of failure allows you to to operate in, in a very fast pace mm-hmm. in a very fast speed if you're cautious and if you are afraid of making mistakes then you might be acting too slow mm-hmm. and you might be you might be uh, You might not opt into an innovation or an edge case uh-huh. where um, where maybe the upside is huge, but there's some risk attached. And that creation or culture of, of failure is quite quite important to create a passion and to create create drive within your organization. Mm-hmm. How can you foster that? How can you foster a culture where people understand that they can or should make mistakes, learn from it, and move on? The most important part is by leading by example. Mm-hmm. So uh, admitting a failure or admitting um, admitting that that you have to change direction is, is quite important. And one very good example for that was in setting up our sales, sales team. So we grew our sales and marketing organization quite a bit. Uh, throughout the last year and our we were super confident that setting up a sales organization uh, organized by verticals so industries makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. after four months we realized that's not the case mm-hmm. because we had to we had to inherit and we had to learn a lot of capabilities 
in multiple teams. For example, lead gen or event activities were needed in, in all of those teams in a very similar way. So we decided to pivot that. Mm -hmm. And what we did was we created one lead generation team, a sales acceleration team. We came up with a um, uh, SMB sales team, general sales team, and two enterprise sales teams addressing the large customers, as well as one customer account management part. And um, are doing, I think we're doing fairly well. But you have to admit that that your initial hypothesis was wrong. Yeah. And then you have to have to be bold enough to admit that and change it. Yeah. So leadership's not basically like showing your organization that you have everything figured out, you always do everything right, but also to admit that you're doing mistakes and then that is leading by example. Right. Okay. So how about organization and structure? Um, there's I mean, like there, there are many different organizational structures around. Um, there are definitely some some things that are more or less in fashion. Uh, from your point of view, what makes sense? What doesn't? In an organization itself, it's all about uh, all about accountability. So making people accountable, giving them the space to feel accountable. Mm -hmm. uh, even in, in junior roles, in, in mid-level roles, because on, only that allows people to, to, de to develop themselves and to, to grow further, and thus playing an active part in, in growing the organization. And the second part is that, especially for people like us, that you actively have to manage that change, yeah. that you have to communicate proactively, that you... Um, show a clear vision and a clear clear roadmap for the people to create some security in a world or in an ecosystem where things are changing a lot and mm -hmm. they're changing at a fast pace. Yeah. And th there's that very nice example or very nice buzzword of resilience yeah. um, in an organization. Uh, I think a resilient organization or an organization that is actively promoting or looking forward to change is so important and I think accountability and actively managing change are the two essential pillars for that. Yeah, I think uh, being a father you sometimes uh, struggle to to know if your child is actually developing resilience or it's just stubborn <laughs> <laughs> but I guess this is the fine line that you just have to cope with yeah. and that is probably the same uh, when you when, when you're in charge of a team and you want to have them resilient but you also sometimes want to get a point through that's that's then exactly the fine line that you have to hit okay nice um, so but then like everything we talked about that is probably like true for for, for, for organizations in different phases but then a, a startup does go through different phases and um, do you see things that fundamentally change over time and, and, and in the different growth phases? Yeah, as we already pointed out, startup is formed by the, by the people behind it and if you have great people in your team then uh, the startup is developing along that development. Um, and the, the Tuckman model is a very famous one mm -hmm. for team development, where you have 
storm, uh, forming, storming, norming, performing as core steps, the four core steps. And my belief is that a startup is developing in a similar fashion. So you're starting up, we're just have two founders or three, four founders just working, operating everything. Um, like for Amazon or Zalando, uh, the guys started to pack everything themselves, send it. All was done by, by the founders. Mm -hmm. Then you start hiring. Then you have that, that storming phase, which is the equivalent for the product market fit. Mm -hmm. You get the first feedback from your customers. Product sucks. You have to change some things. And you're testing and learning all the time. And after, after some time, you get into that transition phase where things are, things are norming a little bit. You create standard processes. You are able to scale teams. And you're still learning. And then the last, the last phase or the, the, the phase where you think you have everything figured out is the, the performing phase. And that's equivalent to growth. So in which phase is Spryker right now? Well, we're obviously growing quite a lot. Yeah. And um, for a startup, I think you're constantly in a position where you, where you, where you review your positioning. Uh, so product market fit uh, is there. So we can tick the box there. Yeah. But we're obviously developing our product even further as we're expanding. Um, we're still transitioning and scaling, mm -hmm. but we're also growing. And yeah. I think if you, if you want to n narrow it down to one phase, uh, we're definitely in a growth, growth yeah. phase already. Yeah. So you're in the, in the norming phase probably. Would you say that? We're definitely performing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're definitely performing. Yeah. But there's, we're on, on, on the urge of uh, between norming and performing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, with Project A being now um, eight years old, I think what we see a lot is that, um, I mean, like you don't go through these four phases one time. I mean, like normally phenomenons uh, like uh, teams, partnerships, etc., they go through these four phases. But then if it goes longer time, uh, you probably have, it's, it's healthy to, to reiterate. And uh, I think what we, we, we actually actively try to get us back into the storming phase mm. to norm and perform again, but on a higher level. And it's probably a little bit, you can imagine it like a, like a spiral and you actually have to keep the things going. Otherwise you will, you will probably at some point norm yourself uh, out of the performance to death and uh, and nobody wants yeah. that right definitely it's it's not a linear way yeah you have to reiterate things all the time and i think that is that is one key element of of um, creating a successful startup yeah. to reiterate uh, along the way yeah all right so i would actually like to keep it like that or leave it like that for now not to spoil the session that we will have at the knowledge conference um, to those who are listening uh, to this, if you want to hear more or discuss about this with us, then uh, you should apply for a ticket for our event. Unfortunately, it's not possible to purchase uh, tickets. Um, all you can do is um, to apply for a ticket. Um, just go to projecta.com, uh, follow the banner to the Knowledge Conference, and then you'll see where to click to, to apply for a wildcard. Um, it's upon invitation only, but I'm, I think it... Um, 
yeah, you, you might have a good chance to get in there. I think we have like a few thousand applications so far. Um, the total event will have approx approximately 1,000 uh, attendees. And uh, maybe we will see you there. Thanks a lot for listening and goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs>